3: Kyle is a nomadic physical therapist and a sex empowerment coach who, despite all of his expertise, can't find a steady romantic partner to fit his non monogamous lifestyle. But maybe some of his exes have a thing or two to say. This is Exit Interview.
4: And I'm Julie Krafchick. We are so excited to be back. And we are, you know, in case you don't know who we are, active daters turned dating sociologists. And for almost a decade, we've been studying modern dating and talking to thousands of daters about dating on our other podcast called Dateable, And we're trying to figure out how do we build meaningful relationships in a time where people feel more disconnected than ever. Yes,
3: ironically, more connected, but disconnected all at the same time. And we're so excited to bring all our learnings to this project, Exit Interview, where we're talking to people's past flames, whether that's Mm -hmm. one date they've been on, a hookup, in X of many years. We're really digging into what's going on, what's holding people back from getting the love life they want.
4: Ugh, opening the X files If this sounds super <laughs> dramatic and slightly terrifying, you're right. I'm slightly terrified. We've reached out to these old flames ourselves. We've spoken to them, and we are here to give that honest feedback. Yeah. And we're talking to our dater today, Kyle. Mm-hmm. He
3: knows a lot about love, life, sex, sex but we still can't find that anchoring relationship. And mm. what drew us to Kyle, too, is he was actually on a reality TV show, the one that got away on Amazon, which is something that UA and I both watched. We love that show so much. <laughs> yeah, and one thing you always ask when you're watching reality TV is, is this person on here to find a connection, or do they just like the attention of being on television? Yes. And I think, you know, we're going to dig into that with Kyle a lot more, mm. but have you ever felt like someone really is using dating for attention over connection.
4: I've never personally dated someone like that because I prefer people who are recluse and don't have social media and me attention. <laughs> you and I are very similar
3: in that way. My current partner, past partners, one of their gem-like qualities is that they don't have social media. <laughs> but I think dating apps bring out this attention side for people. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we are more focused on getting to like date three, mm-hmm. not because we like the person, but because we want the validation or they give us that feeling of, oh, someone's into me, which is attention.
4: You're know, let's be real here. It's it's nice to get attention. Yeah, Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we need to be more intentional about what we're swiping for. You have to ask, am I trying to build up my fan base or am I looking for a <laughs> real connection? And that is exactly where we're going to dig into with our guest for this episode, Kyle. We first heard of Kyle on Amazon Prime's show, The One That Got Away. Julie and I love that show. And with a life as sexually explorative and public as Kyle's, there's no way his relationship history could not be full of crazy adventures and even crazier drama. And yes, when we reached out to one of his longest term exes, we received this text. Kyle is, quote, a narcissist, probably needs psychiatric help. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's all we got from her. And honestly, that's just the beginning. You're going to love hearing from some of these old flames, and we'll see how Kyle takes the feedback. Please welcome Kyle. Kyle, thanks for coming on the exit interview. How are you feeling?
5: Uh, Thank you for having me. I am stoked to be here. Not sure what to expect, but uh, I'm open to the mystery and the experience here.
4: Nice. I mean, that's all we can really ask for, right? But here's what we know about you so far. We know that you are a traveling physical therapist as well as a sex empowerment coach. We know that you are very open about sexuality in an effort to make people feel comfortable in their own skin. We also know that you were featured on an Amazon Prime show called The One That Got Away that Julia and I religiously watched. Yeah, we did. (laughs)
3: But especially with being on reality TV, being an influencer, what we wanted to figure out today after talking to the many past flames of yours, are you looking for connection or just attention?
5: Wow. Um, I totally hear you. And, and that's, uh, geez.
3: <laughs> that's what we're kind of setting out to look at today. Mm. What made you interested in doing this exit interview?
5: There's so many things that I could better about myself, and I don't want to continue the patterns that I had been in for so many years. And so this is an opportunity for feedback. And I'm sure that some of the criticisms aren't going to be great, and that's okay. I can take it. But uh, it's a learning moment so that I can hopefully take something away from it and move forward as a better human and uh, a better suitor and a better um, coach for my clients that I work with.
4: Clients. Okay, so I just want to clarify this a little bit. You, We do understand you have somewhat of an unusual line of work. Can you break that down for us?
5: <laughs> uh, so to, to keep it short, I mean, I'm a sex empowerment coach. I'm also a physical therapist, but I mainly focus on the coaching now. Uh, but in addition to that, with a lot of the topics that I talk about in the sex realm, uh, I also am a sex worker through making content on OnlyFans uh, And through that, there's a lot of people who have stigmas and have opinions about that and feel insecure about their partners putting themselves out there, uh, whether it's solo content or they're making it with other people. And someone who is a little bit more sexually open might be okay with that or might actually even want to make content together.
3: Let's go back a bit. Like, What are some of your patterns and how do you think they developed?
5: So I struggled with self-love as I grew up, and once I got to college, I found out that I was good at sex, apparently, and uh, this was <laughs> a way for me to find love in a way. I connected sex to mm-hmm. love. I was like, oh, like, I could finally get people to like me, not showing uh, the true reasons why I want to be with someone. So unfortunately, I did a lot of the fuckboy shit because um, I truthfully was just looking for love and, and wanted to feel... Good about myself. And so I didn't feel worthy of a quality woman, truthfully. I didn't feel worthy of someone who was doing well in life, had a decent income. Everything was about money. So now, ever since I was like, I want to be able to be financially secure and stable. And that's a part of being able to provide as a man in society. And if you can't provide, you get completely emasculated, especially today where women are doing a lot better in society and getting great jobs and making better incomes, which is amazing. But a lot of those women are saying, well, why do I need you if I'm making more money than you?
4: Would you say some of those fuckboy tendencies creep back up?
5: Uh, I mean, I try not to as much as possible because I don't want to be that person again. I don't want to hurt people.
4: So what are you looking for right
3: now? Like, What is it that you want in your romantic life?
5: I'm living in Costa Rica right now. I'm living nomadically at the moment. So uh, dating is a little different down here. (laughs) I would love to have a primary partner. And I say primary partner because for the past few years, I've been in the world of ethical non-monogamy and exploring Mm -hmm. that because that's what really opened the doors for me a lot to accept who I was. I would love to have a romantic relationship with someone. But I also don't want to restrict my ability to love in general. And being ethically non monogamous and being open about this has opened a lot of doors for me to uh, be able to love more than one person.
4: Describe kind of the dream primary partner that you want.
5: Dream primary partner. She has her own goals, understands that first, we have to focus on each of us separately, and then us secondly, because I want you to go after your goals. I want you to go after that. I want you to create the life that you want, create the life Mm -hmm. that I want, and we bring that together and expand it even further.
3: So we're going to get into our first past flame for you. So our first person we spoke to was Morgan. So you two met at a travel healthcare conference in Vegas last year. Why did you put Morgan on your list?
5: Well, Morgan was the first who came to mind? It's funny when we first met, we were at this conference and we had been drinking. We were at this party and she was just giving me the fuck me eyes from like across <laughs> the dance floor for like a half hour straight. I'm like on the dance floor with others. I'm like, all right, let me finally go talk to this person. Ever since then, she's just been really cool. We've stayed in touch. And when we finally got to get in touch again in person the following year, it was like nothing changed. And she's just very cute. She's smart. Uh, So I just really wanted to get more insight onto what she thought about me.
4: Why did things not progress into a partnership?
5: So with Morgan, we've only been able to get in touch at the conferences. It's hard to connect when you're traveling healthcare professionals because you're working in different parts of the world or the country.
3: Well, it's good to hear your side of things. Shall we hear from Morgan?
5: Sure. Let's do it.
6: He is just so cute, and he's he's he just is super kind and I can tell that he you know really likes what he does and that he really cares about people
3: so the first time you met, what were your impressions of Kyle?
6: I literally was just like staring at. <laughs> This sounds so creepy. I feel like it wasn't even that intently. But, you know, like when you're out at a bar and you think someone's cute and you just kind of glance their way every so often, like he has tattoos, like that's definitely my type. Okay. (laughs) And he he just came over and talked to me and I'm pretty sure he was like, are you just going to stare at me all night? And I was like, you know, I might actually. That was his line. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it works. So (laughs) he like came up, we started talking, super nice. He's really funny. But yeah, definitely super outgoing, probably a little bit of a smooth talker.
3: So you hooked up, was this at the f- the first time you met also, like the first conference?
6: Yeah, we slept together the first, we slept together last year, we slept together again this year, because it was good. So why not? <laughs> Def- like no notes.
3: Was there anything that you saw or experienced or talked to him about that might be getting in his way that he's not aware of?
6: I think at one point I told him he gave off only child vibes.
1: <laughs> oh. oh,
6: A little cocky, just kind of like, I don't want to say self-centered because that sounds so mean. I think he knows that he's attractive. I think he knows that he can pull women pretty <laughs> easily. So that that's kind of like the vibe that he gave off.
3: <laughs> Do you think he gives off serious relationship
6: vibes? Definitely more fun hookup vibes. The few short talks that we have, I feel like I don't ever rem- remember him mentioning that he was like interested in settling down or like interested in a relationship really maybe it's because like the way we know each other is probably more surface level specifically in our situation like probably not realistic to think long-term vibes when we're not in the same location i'm a travel nurse and so i kind of hop all around like i'm in washington state right now so we really haven't been in the same place longer than like a week at a time together.
4: (laughs) Morgan's a fan, obviously. (laughs) What did you think of the only child comment?
5: Uh, It doesn't bother me. Um, Are
4: you an only child?
5: Oh, no, I have an older brother, but we don't we don't talk. So maybe that adds to it. (laughs) I'm the second. I will say I'm the second child. So maybe second child vibes of like, hey, look at me. I don't Mm.
3: know. Is Morgan the type of person you would want as a primary partner?
5: She has a ton of qualities that I would love to have in a partner. Um, You know, she has this very, I call it like a a childlike nature. Like she's very, uh, very happy. And like you could get her a donut and she'll be super stoked about it, right? Just like a little kid would. And I, I love that part of people when they can just get excited about the little things and they're always just happy. And that's Morgan.
4: Well, uh we're going to get to our next old flame from yours. I I guess they're they're not even old flames. They're just friends with benefits, they're women in your orbit. This is Sam. You two met online, really jived. Tell us a little bit about why you put Sam on your list.
5: We've had an interesting relationship, like good and bad. Um but we're still very tight, very close, like, you know, we're there for each other, understand each other. She's very sexually open, and like she's a content creator, just like I am, and we've made content together.
4: So how did you guys meet?
5: She does like online marketing and some other things in addition to being a content creator, and she wanted to help me out with my business because uh, she saw my potential and she just uh, wanted to be of assistance. and so we started working together in a way, and you know that brings its own dynamic and at one point last year, I decided to rent out a converted van, a converted bus to live out of for about four to five months. YOLO. Well, let's try it out. See if it's a, a lifestyle I uh-huh. want to live. Why not? Yeah. And while I was on that journey, she was interested in coming along with me. And I said, sure, why not? It'll help me out. She can help me with work. We can make content together. I'll have, I'll not be alone. And um, God, it lasted all of like two or three days Uh, of her in the van. Two or three days. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Hold tight. This exit interview will continue in just a moment.
0: When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner.
7: Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Something that
0: makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed, cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules, and yet... I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: It lasted all of like two or three days uh, of her in the van. Two or three days? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I won't go too much into it. But just, just for her sake, because I do care about her. But let's just say some things happened on the road, not within my realm. Like we, we broke down on the side of the road. Uh, we just got into an argument. It was stressful. And I just said, maybe this isn't the right time. Maybe this, mm. maybe you should go spend time <laughs> on your own. And ever since she's been on her own, I've been doing my thing and we've kind of reconnected and understand like shit happened and it wasn't just the, best situation for both of us at the time.
4: I think Sam has a pretty different take from you on that trip. So let's let's hear what Sam had to say.
9: We first met when I was living in Denver. We met online. We've never like been in the same place for a long period of time, but we've always maintained friendship. We talk all the time. He has always given me top-tier advice. Like I've never been steered wrong by that man. He's phenomenal at what he does. He's very intelligent, very sensitive, and he's very empathetic. So he tends to understand what people are going through. And then we ended up on the road together for a while as well when he had his van. So we actually lived together for like two weeks, which was super cool. And that was under romantic context? No. Well, kind of. I really don't know how to define my relationship with Kyle. Like, he's one of my closest friends on the planet.
3: But you hook up.
9: Yeah, not often. I think the main problem that we've always had was we're always in different places. So there's no potential there in a serious way. He's just never around long enough to develop a serious relationship with. I work with him a lot on like just kind of building his brand and helping him get to where he wants to be. That's kind of like my back end stuff. Um, He calls me his whiteboard.
3: I thought you were going to say like work wife, but I like whiteboard better. I like
9: whiteboard too. Yeah. I'm where he goes to put all his ideas. When you say you do work for him, he pays you for that work? I don't like charging him. It bothers me, but he insists on paying.
4: What was the extent of your conversations with him, especially about what he's looking for?
9: He always talks to me about like what he's feeling. He'll call me crying.
4: He gets really
9: overwhelmed a lot. And it's because he has a lot of passion for what he does. And he doesn't know if he's always doing it to the best of his ability. And he questions himself. The lack of confidence that's displayed is not something that I think a woman might want. He doesn't know if he's going to make it. He doesn't know if this is this is going to be the career for him. He doesn't know. I feel like I would want my man to be more confident in his skills in that position, especially being that he's like kind of a guide
3: was there anything that you saw that might be getting in his away that he's not aware of?
9: I think he needs to settle somewhere.
3: I think he needs to
9: focus more on living his life and less on being this great influencer. I, it doesn't seem like he loves it that much anymore. I think he should focus on what's in front of him instead of what he could have.
3: Okay, a lot to take in. (laughs) How do you feel about your relationship with Sam? Like, are you good with the status quo of it being kind of undefined and as you see each other? Or do you want more from it?
5: Truthfully, I think like enough has happened in our past that I would see her no more than a friend moving forward.
3: So one thing that's interesting, when we talked to Sam, she (laughs) freaking adored you. Like that was so clear from like the entire conversation. Number one fan. Yes, number one fan. And she feels so close to you. But it doesn't feel like you're viewing her necessarily the same way. Do you feel like there's an imbalance? And is that okay?
5: I mean, I appreciate that she adores me. And yeah, like she said, she's never wanted to pay me for services and all these things. Like she just, she loves me as a person. And I've always known that. Um, it's just, we've had some things come up, whether it's through working together or through our relationship or the time we live together that um, just really, we do need to work through some of those things, in my opinion. And I would love to. Uh, so that we can get to a point where we do have a even closer relationship.
4: What do you think about her describing you feeling overwhelmed a lot of times? Where is this overwhelmed feeling coming from?
5: The overwhelm comes from like not being successful enough, not having enough, mm-hmm. right? Wanting to provide—that's where the overwhelm comes from. It's just I put a lot of pressure on myself to succeed and that pressure to succeed financially and career-wise gets in the way often of my ability to pursue and and enjoy some of the things that I do have.
3: What are your thoughts about her talking about like living life through too much through social media?
5: Yeah, uh I definitely understand where she's coming from. There's been times where like I was I was living in Las Vegas prior to this. I bought a property there and um you know, I didn't really have a lot of friends there. Mm. And so I was often by myself. And a lot of my work is online. It's through social media, it's through creating content. And um, although there's a lot of good relationships that have come from that, um, there's a big part of not meeting people in person.
4: Who are your closest friends?
5: Uh, they're scattered across the country. I'm originally from the East Coast. Mm. And so when I was living out in Vegas, it was a whole new place. I was living out in San Diego at a time. I was a traveling physical therapist. So often I was moving to places where I didn't have anyone with me. And so I have friends, but they're very, it's very small, very, very close knit. I only keep certain people close. Got it. Okay, so we
3: just heard from a few people that are big fans, but we have another old flame that has a slightly different perspective. So, next up, we have Nikki. Ah uh- <laughs> who's also Polly and also wants a serious long-term partner like you do. I feel like on paper, you two actually have a lot in common, but we talked to her. She's a sex worker, loves making adult content. You two met online and dated a couple months. Tell us a little more about Nikki.
5: When I first met her was when I first got my property in Las Vegas, which was late 2020. I moved into it and she was one of the first people I met in Las Vegas she was very spontaneous. We made one of the hottest videos that I've ever made. I've helped make her a ton of money with that video. Uh, let's see if she admits to that. Very sexually open, which is, was a big factor for me.
4: We're talking about sexual content,
3: right?
5: Yeah. We're, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Thank you for clarifying. It wasn't yes. dancing videos on TikTok, YouTube, like <laughs> yes. breaking it to yes. montage in the middle. Yes. Well, there was that too, probably.
5: <laughs> no, it was more like, you know, her, her tripping and me falling. You know.
3: Why did you put Nikki on
5: the list? <laughs> I knew she would have some feedback. I'm down. I'm okay with it. It's fine. <laughs>
7: I can't believe that I allowed myself to get into this situation. Oh, no. Let's go to that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go there. (laughs) Strapping ladies. We met on Hinge. And I was like, cool, he has tattoos and travel pictures. So like, I guess I'll give it a shot. I think he's one of the only people I've ever met on Hinge. It was kind of over after that. I was like, I can't do dating apps anymore. (laughs) Were you on the market for a relationship? I'm, like, non-monogamous, so it's typically open, but I was, like, very clear I am looking for a partner, like, a long-term relationship. Do you recall
4: having deep conversations with him, especially about what he's looking for in a
7: relationship? Anytime I tried to go deep, he kept it surface level. And it would always, like, turn it around and ask me questions instead of, like, really, like, allowing himself to, like, sit there and, like, answer and think about, like, what it is that he wanted.
4: So how do things progress?
7: Three days after we met, we went to Mexico. As soon as we get there, he jumps on Hinge and he's like, let's find somebody to have a threesome with, which like I'm very sexually liberated and like very open. But I was like, we've known each other for three days. So like, I don't know how comfortable I am with this, but like you can try to find that like, let me know how it goes for you. Threesomes are Kyle's favorite thing. I'm enjoying these experiences with you. That is the one thing that I think we can take away from this whole thing is like the sex. Was fantastic. Mm. (laughs) Like, (laughs) if there's one thing I can say I enjoyed about that relationship, it was the sex. And that's probably about it. We had a blast, but like the entire time there was like this pit in my stomach of just like something's off. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And so we went back from the trip. He goes off to work. I ended up like being in Northern California working at the time to meet up with my friend. I'm like out there visiting him and he's like, Hey, like, how would you feel about, like, me going to, like, play with this friend um if, like, you weren't there? She also approached me. She's like, how would you feel about this? Like, I'm not looking for anything serious. Like, it's just going to be, like, a very sexual thing and, like, nothing further for me. And I'm like, I'm fine with that as long as, like, that's what it stays as. So he comes back and he's like, we had a really great time. But, like, I don't really know if we like vibes that much. Like, our lifestyles are super different and, like... I just like, I don't know if it's like something that I really want. So I think I'm going to like have to go back again. And like right before he leaves, I'm like, hey, like, I just want you to know, like, I'm feeling really uncomfortable and like not prioritized. So like, I'm not asking you to change anything, but I just want you to know, like, this is how I feel. And he's like, well, this just pissed me off. Like, I'm getting ready to leave. I have had a, such a stressful day. And like, he was so insatiable about like getting everything he wanted. Every time I had a separate conversation with them, it was like, I was getting two different stories and I was like, okay, well, somebody's lying here. And like, I feel like I'm outside of this already. So I need to know what's going on. And then eventually my friend came to me and she's like, yeah, so like I've been developing feelings for him and like, Mm. I think we want to give it a shot. And I was like, okay, thank you for finally being honest with me. I don't want to be a part of this though.
3: So you two are clearly open, but what I'm hearing is it's more about you feeling deprioritized than him like with another person.
7: 100%. Like you are a complete stranger to me. I have no idea who you even are. I do not know Kyle other than like, lying and manipulative and i'm like can this be like my actual exit from your life Mm.
4: well i would say she's probably not a fan
3: (laughs) not like the earlier two that's for sure yes
4: but we do have some positives from this you are fantastic in bed and you're charming so we'll start with the positive where do you think things went wrong
5: uh wow she uh god She left, there's a lot left out. We didn't really know each other that long, um, but we started like hanging out often. And me and that friend, we started friendly chatting. And I said, hey, like, before we like do anything, like, let's check in with Nikki and see if Mm. this is okay with her. She was okay with everything until the day before I was flying to go see her friend, literally like hours before. Yeah. So it put me in a bad spot. And, you know, I'm going to be honest, like, Yeah, there were times where I was upset, but I really do think she's exaggerating.
3: So you weren't aware that she wasn't feeling prioritized, or you felt like she was saying that it was okay?
5: This was one of the first times I was really dating more than one person, Mm. and I wanted to do it right. Yeah, so she led uh, led me on thinking that these things were okay, when in reality she couldn't face the truth and be honest with both of us, saying like, hey, it's not okay. Hey, can we really discuss this further?
3: It's definitely three sides of the story for sure. Yeah. I, I agree. It's your side, their side, and what actually happened is always somewhere in the middle. Yeah.
4: From her perspective, she thought it was just a casual play date that you and her friend were going to engage in. She didn't realize that there were actually feelings involved.
5: Yeah. So we had that was the initial, like, hey, we're going to go hang out. We're going to have a good time. And then it was till after that that we continued to keep her in the loop on how things were progressing and she was still okay with it i
3: see so she did say something though that was a similar theme to some of the others that things only went surface level that she didn't feel like she knew the real kyle
5: do you have any thoughts about that i i couldn't even like i was in a, in a state where i couldn't even cry i was struggling to even know myself mm-hmm. um and s- You know, I don't blame myself. I was going through some shit. And it's not an excuse. But it was hard to it's hard to open up to someone when you don't even know who you are, like how you want to open up.
3: I want to move on to the last person we talked to, who is your friend, Zion. Oh, yeah. And you two met at a shamanic sexual training in Sedona. And you just became platonic friends, which is very different than most of the other people we've talked to. No sex in the picture. Why was she someone that stayed platonic for you?
5: So, I mean, Zion, we we met, yes, we met at an interesting place. It's part of my sexuality training. And in that realm, we learned a lot about ourselves. And it's a very sensitive area, very vulnerable And um, we just really got in touch with each other, really vibed with one another. And just there was flirtatious vibes. Like there were, you know, there was cuddling and stuff like that. But it's just not something we wanted to pursue in that time period. And it's just become like a good friendship again from a distance.
3: And why did you want us to talk to her?
5: Zion, I just know like she's seen a side of me that a lot of people haven't. Mm -hmm. I thought she could bring a lot of insight and perspective, and she's gotten to know me on a level that other people haven't.
3: Okay, let's hear it from Zion then. I would
8: introduce him as one of the most grounded yet unpredictable special humans. Have you ever thought
3: about dating Kyle Like when you
8: met him? Oh, immediately I was like, I'm very attracted to him he was actually the first person that I connected with at this training. And I thought that him and I were going to have all of these wild experiences together. Then we started like chatting and we just wound up never doing it. So it was kind of by accident that we just became friends. And I'm so happy with our relationship because knowing Kyle now, like the way we view Dating is so different. I'm just, in my core, a monogamous dater. My body really wants Kyle, but my heart knows that in a relationship, it wouldn't be a safe
4: choice for me. In terms of your relationship with him, how would you describe him?
8: I feel that Kyle wants to be seen. I feel that I get access to parts of him as a friend. That I'm not sure if I would get
4: access to if we were to sleep together. What do you know about his dating history?
8: I have seen firsthand that Kyle ruffles a lot of feathers. He just doesn't give a fuck what people think of him. And I've seen it backfire on him with women where she wasn't being heard and she wasn't being seen. And then there was a little bit of this, like, just a lot of intensity. Kyle has a lot of intensity. I also can see it being used as like an escape mechanism to not get too emotionally close to people. In the beginning parts of our interaction and our relationship, I felt there was an emotional block. And I'm curious to see if part of the polyamory practice has to do with escaping from wanting to go really, really deep emotionally with one person. I would love to see Kyle be as open with his heart as he is with his sexuality maybe an underlying motive for also like being on these shows and what he's looking for is for someone to be so such a strong force that they just shatter through all of the walls that he's put up.
3: What do you think is getting in his way of leading with that stuff?
8: I actually feel like his work is getting in the way of his love life because to be, really soft and to let his guard down and to really, truly let someone in isn't really on brand. So I'm curious actually to ask him if there's a fear around kind of losing credibility in a way or like losing everything he's built to really be seen.
4: Okay. Fascinating.
5: I mean, again, this is why I had Zion on because she's a very insightful person. And and again, we've, we've we've met in a different realm that people don't understand.
4: She puts it together so well. She's like, can he be as open with his heart as he is with his sexuality? What are your thoughts about that?
3: Taking a quick ad break and then we've got more exit interview craziness just for you.
4: she puts it together so well. She's like, can he be as open with his heart as he is with his sexuality? What are your thoughts about that?
5: I I will say this. Um, A lot of the time I've been worried about getting into a relationship because I fear the, like, I'm going to waste all this time and it's not going to be the the person. And like, it's going to stop me from all these other things that I could have had. And also, I do recognize that when I am in a relationship, I I want to I want to like often be with that person a lot, and uh, I want to like provide and do things and cook dinner and go on dates. Um, but I struggle to maintain that like boundaries with that, and that leads to taking away from my ability to focus on the other things I need to focus on, like my business and my ability to bring in income. And that's an issue for me that I recognize I do need to work on is like having those boundaries of like, hey, we can't just hang out all the time.
3: I think, you know, Zion was definitely insightful and brought a lot of the conversations together that we've had. And, you know, first things first, overall, you know, minus Nikki and maybe the state of where you were at the time, everyone else generally loved you. They thought you were sweet, sexy, charming. They all said you were good in a bed, including Nikki. So that was definitely something that was going for you. But where you can improve on, I love how Zion put it, how do you start to lead and be as open with your heart as your sexuality? I feel like you showed Zion a separate side of you, and she even said it too, that if you two had hooked up, you probably wouldn't have
4: been as open with her. Yeah. Yeah. We understand you have a hard time getting close to people, and you also mentioned earlier about past partners using you. So how do you think this is showing up in your relationships and in your love life?
5: It's it's interesting you say these things because I put myself out there and I attract people because I talk about such vulnerable topics. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and I and I and I go there on topics that a lot of people don't because they're afraid to be vulnerable. And I am authentic in that way of like talking about these things like breath of fresh air. And that's why they come close to me because I am authentic in that way. And I teach people how to be more open with themselves and, and just accept themselves. But you know, that reflection of like, where am I holding back? And where am I closing off my heart? Yeah. Is it's still a work in progress?
3: <laughs> I mean, you said it yourself, right? It's like you attract people for the vulnerability on the sexual side. Like, how can you do that with the emotional side? Yeah, the stuff you were sharing with us with Zion would love for you to share that more on dates. And you need someone
5: that's going to appreciate that. Yeah. And I mean, I would I would and maybe you could check out my content because I would argue that I do. I do go there at times. I try to not be crying on social media all the time because I'm not trying to be like... We're not talking about
3: social media, though. We're
5: talking about in your dating
3: life. Dating life,
4: yes.
5: Right.
3: I think that's the distinction, too. Like, there's the Kyle social media, there's Kyle dating. Where does one persona end and the other begin? I think that's the part. We want the real Kyle, like and the cameras are off who is Kyle that's that's going to find your person
5: yeah
4: listen Kyle i just get a sense that you live in a pressure cooker this is why <laughs> overwhelmed is a word to yeah. describe you cuz you've got the pressure from society you've got the pressure from yourself and then you've got this pressure from your brand of being on the Kyle brand is restricting your life. We get that you become very vulnerable on your social media, but you're vulnerable in a way that doesn't allow people to be closer to you. You're vulnerable in a way that allows people to be professionally closer to you. But even what you just told us on this podcast of the old Kyle, the shadows that are creeping back up, the pressures uh to be good enough. Yeah. You're not showing that side. And that's the Kyle that can come out of this pressure cooker that you're putting so much emphasis on the external that, that you're getting a little lost in the, in the internal. And even Zion said it too. It's like, you don't give a fuck, but also you just, right. just got to live life. Right? You can't live life for, the story. You can't live life for the gram. You got to live life for Kyle.
5: Yeah. You know, you're not wrong there.
3: Obviously we all want to build our empires. We want to leave the legacy, but the people in your life, that is what's important. So making room for them. And, you know, I think there's this element too of the, we've talked about it, like beyond the surface, like how do I get deeper with some of the folks that are entering my life and really making them feel seen and heard. You know, Nikki was a while ago, but it was clear that like she didn't feel that. And, you know, even Sam, like sh- it, it felt like a little one sided. I think like even if it's just a hookup, even if it's just one of many partners, like how can you start to really hear your partner out and connect that way? Because that will be so essential for building that you know, having that primary partner someday. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's hard on the go when you're always remote. I mean, traveling's amazing. Don't get me wrong. But the downside is it's hard to have that community. That I think is what's missing for you that will give you that, you know, internal like fill your own cup and not necessarily have to use dating and sex and all that as that means.
5: Yeah. When I was a traveling physical therapist, that led to me creating community online because I was moving every three months. Yeah, And so you can't, it's hard to create community or even meet even just one good person in those travels. So that's been my source of connection, generally speaking. And it helps. If I didn't have that, I'd have nothing.
3: It's definitely helpful, but it's not enough to, you know, I think the screen, there's a limitation. (laughs)
5: <laughs> the
4: nomadic lifestyle also feeds the avoidant monster. Mm-hmm. So the more you travel, the more you escape, the more avoidant yes. you become. None of these people we talk to today live in your city or have lived in your same city. <laughs> They've all said, well, they're distance. There's distance between us. Well, there's a reason for that because you are, I kind of feel like you're the catch me if you can kind of guy.
3: There's almost a safeness to it being the distance, right? The reason why it didn't work out is because we couldn't be together. We're too far apart. And that doesn't let you get real. That doesn't let you, you know, really get vulnerable and see where this relationship could go with someone. So again, we don't want to like tell you to change your lifestyle by any means, but I think how can you find more of that as you're doing you? Because that will help you in the
5: long run. I think part of getting there is putting myself in the communities where I'll find more of the people that will understand me and I'll be more destined to find someone who's understanding of the work that I do and who I am.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: It sounds like there's... Almost a bit of loneliness, right? In Las Vegas, you didn't have that support system. Your friends are scattered at this point. I feel like that's almost why you're even hanging on to these people that you met at a conference once or twice. Yeah. Not to say that like you can't continue relationships with them. And you know, we're not going to tell you like not to sleep with people without being in a relationship. Absolutely not. But sometimes having like the community outside of that makes it less of like a need to find those people, too, because you're nourished with connection. Yeah. So I think ultimately, like the question we had for you was, is it connection or attention that you're actually looking for? I think you and I have an opinion, but we're curious what your takeaway is before
4: we get into that. Hold tight. This exit interview will continue in just
0: a moment.
3: I think you and I have an opinion, but we're curious what your takeaway is before we get into that.
5: Yeah, I'm like on social media and stuff, but and and I run a business. The idea is to get attention and anyone who's Mm -hmm. running a business who says it's not is lying because attention is what brings business in and how like I get my message out there to help more people. But am I looking for attention to like feel validated in myself? In some ways, yes, because I get that validation through having a successful business and helping people. So yeah, there is some attention seeking, but it's in the, f- in the way of like, I want to help people.
3: I think part of the reason you've used social media as a substitute for in-person connection because you don't have that community.
4: And what we're hearing from you is you are looking for love. You are looking for a deeper connection. And so the difference between connection and attention here is. One is very quantifiable. Attention is quantifiable. It's in how many followers do you have, how many minutes someone watches your video, but connection is not quantifiable. And I want to bring this back to something that was interesting that you said earlier, where I get the sense that you think a partner actually takes away from you, takes away Mm -hmm. time, takes away money, takes away attention. When a partner should actually build more abundance in your life, they give you more time, they give you more attention. So it's not the quantity of the time that they're taking away from you. They're probably filling that with the quality of the connection that probably outweighs the time that you could have been spending on your business. So maybe it's just a little shift that you can't apply those business principles Mm -hmm. to Love, because love doesn't work like that, and we can think about it more in abundance versus people taking away from you.
5: I, I agree that that like coming together should be able to expand you, and and, and bringing your 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 strengths together should expand uh, your love and your your life. I recognize those things a hundred percent, and uh, I really just need to put myself in those circles where there are going to be better candidates for me. In regards to acceptance of who I am and what I do, are you like you're cool with that? Like you're very fluid and open, sexually great.
4: Let's say you do find that community and you do meet a very intriguing woman and think there is potential there. What is the one thing that you may do differently in meeting her after this conversation?
5: I would say focus on just that one person for a little bit mm-hmm. um, and really just build that connection and and in a closed manner and say that. If we're going to go there, I don't want to make a mistake that I made in a previous relationship because I want to make sure, hey, we are good. So if we both do want to have some form of openness, that we're solid and we don't have to worry about that then and there. But it would definitely be building that foundation with just that person first. That makes a lot of sense.
4: Yep.
3: We won't give you any more questions. We put you through the rigor enough, but hopefully this was helpful. We learned a lot about you. Hopefully you learned even more about yourself.
4: Really appreciate your openness. And thank you for teaching me something too, because I just realized a light bulb moment is the key to a healthy, open relationship is to be able to build strong connections. Because sometimes we think about open relationships as like being able to handle multiple people. No, it's actually being able to focus on one person while you're with them and being present with them. So thank you. I learned that today.
5: Thank you for having me. That was
3: such an interesting conversation. I feel like, you know, I feel like we hear this a lot, UA, like vulnerability and what does that Mm. actually mean? And it was so interesting to hear Kyle's definition of it. And it was really hard to like tease apart what was being vulnerable in front of an audience versus vulnerable in a romantic sense of like intimate relationships.
4: This is kind of my gripe with the Instagram generation. Remember that period in time when everyone was posting no filter, no makeup photos? (laughs) They were being, quote unquote, vulnerable. And that's not about being vulnerable. I think that's about being part of a trend. That's about being whatever that may be, but it's not vulnerable. I think there's just this buzzword that we haven't really defined. So it's not anybody's fault. It just seems like it's trendy to say you are vulnerable when you really aren't. After this conversation, I feel like I have a better understanding of who Kyle is Mm -hmm. more than what I saw on his Instagram. And his TikTok. And more that
3: he lets the people he dates or hooks up with ever see. Mm -hmm. You know, I love Brene Brown, but I think like she definitely was the one that started the vulnerability trend. But I actually was reading in her book recently and what like the moments of vulnerability are, you know, telling someone that you had a good time on the date, telling them that you're scared to get back into dating, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, putting yourself out there in front of thousands of followers, it gets really getting to the root of things that could actually like make something not work out. And in dating, especially, like there's all these moments that it can be really scary that we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how we'll be perceived and what the other person wants. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like this line of like fake vulnerability versus actual vulnerability.
4: And I think Kyle had a hard time differentiating between his professional vulnerability and his personal vulnerability, which is the more authentic side of who he is. I would go as far as to argue whatever you put on social media is not vulnerable. No. It's the moments we don't see of you in a social setting. That's when you're most vulnerable. And I hope that after this discussion... Kyle does see the difference between his professional persona versus the authentic Kyle that is just so caring and kind and very empathetic. Definitely. And I think he will get there, Mm -hmm.
3: especially as someone, you know, that's kind of in this educational space. Like it's Mm -hmm. hard to get in touch with what it actually means on your own side and with your own personal life.
4: Yeah. Wow. I hope he opened up this other... V side of him, the vulnerable side of him. And at the beginning of this conversation before meeting him, you know, we got that text from his ex about calling him a narcissist, how he needs psychiatric help. And I was ready. Julie, I was ready. I was like, let's meet this guy. But now after this very well-rounded conversation, I get a better sense that I think Kyle's just really trying to find himself. Everyone
3: and their mother wants to be vulnerable. And I think it's (laughs) It's important. It's clearly an essential relational skill. But what I'd love for Kyle to do and all our listeners out there, instead of saying I'm vulnerable or I need to be vulnerable, what does that mean to you? What is an actual action I can take? That's how we start to put this stuff into motion a bit more.
4: That's a great takeaway for all of our listeners. What does being vulnerable mean to you and how do I start being more vulnerable? And Next week, we have another great guest. She's a single mom who worries that being a single parent is getting in the way of her finding love. You can
3: subscribe to Exit Interview to be the first to listen. Also, drop us a review. You know, this is what keeps this podcast going. It really helps us out. So if you love what you're hearing, you've been entertained, mm-hmm. you've been getting your own insight, drop us that five stars and then the review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Exit Interview Show and Twitter at X Interview Show.
4: Wonderful. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you all next week. See you next week. One, two, three. This episode was coordinated by Katya Kupalian, creative produced by Samantha Martin, and edited by Jen Jacobs. We are produced by Abigail Steckler at Little Scorpion Studios with executive producers Uhu, Julie Craftick, and Frolic Media. This is an iHeartRadio podcast.
0: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do.